This message is brought to you by Living Faith Church. You can find us on the web at livingbyfaith.com. Why don't you open your Bibles? I'm going to read um, from. Where am I reading from? Mark chapter 5, James 5. Where am I? John 5. That's right. I was just checking on you. John 5, verses 1 to 10. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and, the, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now, there is in Jerusalem by the Sheep Gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water, Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he already had been in that condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, Rise, take up your bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed, and walked. And the day was the Sabbath. The Jews therefore said to him, Who was cured? It is the Sabbath. It is not lawful for you to carry your bed. I want to speak about this, and there's so much in this that I'm going to talk about it for probably the next three or four weeks, and so I'm going to break it down into little sections, and I want to explore little sections because I think each one of them is quite pertinent and holds hopefully quite a bit of of relevance to us. It's quite interesting because we're talking about a man who lived his life and then found himself in a predicament where it put him at a place where he was amongst a whole bunch of other people. A whole bunch of other people who were in a similar predicament to where he was. He found himself in a place under the arches next to the pool. Without hope and without the ability to move his life forward. And he was stuck in that place for 38 years. And what's interesting about it is, it wasn't what he believed that got him into that place. But what he believed was going to be helpful in getting him out of that place. Very often as we journey and move through life, we find ourselves in interesting circumstances and situations, and they're not always as a result of the choices that we've made or the beliefs that we have. But what ends up happening is as a result of moving into those spaces, your belief and what you hold to is going to be your escape route out of that space. It becomes really important for us. I think the biggest point and what I want to really underscore, and I'm going to focus on that particularly through this whole series, is Jesus in the equation. What's so wonderful about Jesus in the equation is that his whole intention was to surprise the man. His whole intention was to walk into his reality and introduce him to the God of possibilities. Very often we live with our life and we live under the arches and we live next to the pool and we're busy making plans and we're busy um, anticipating what should be and we're busy putting things together for what our life should be and how it should look like and how we're going to deal with the current situation. But we exclude the God of possibilities. 
And it's when the God of possibilities comes in that things begin to shift and things begin to change. And I've had the opportunity to take my life and move it to a new level. I want to encourage you today and the, the intention behind what I want to speak about is not only to empower you with the teaching, but what I want to do is I want to make, motivate you with the potential of what God can do in our lives. Don't get stuck in what you know. Anyway, let me, let's, we'll get into that in a minute. So, as you journey through life, stuff is going to happen. You don't have to be around terribly long to know that stuff is going to happen. And the older you get, the more stuff has happened. The point I want to make to you is this. Your realities are going to shift and your realities are going to change. And some realities are good and some realities are better than others. And some realities are not particularly good. But always be cautious before allowing your reality to become something that defines the beliefs of your life. Never allow your reality to become a philosophy. Never allow your reality to become a philosophy. As you move through life and things begin to happen on the inside of you, the, around you, what the tendency is very often to do, particularly when we're at a place where we don't have a relationship with God, is that we're very much swayed and influenced by what's happening in our reality. And when we move to the place where we start to find wisdom in our experience and we allow that wisdom to begin to inform the fundamental truths of my life, what ends up happening is they begin to color and define my beliefs. That's why we never allow our reality to become a philosophy. Let me give you an example. One in, in recent history. We all remember the whole incident of George Floyd. George Floyd was a terrible thing that happened in American history. George Floyd was representative of an incident where racism was at play. And people have a look at that situation and we, we look at it and there was an outcry on the part of America to sit and say, that's not what we believe in. Those are not the values that we embrace. That's not what we want to be, something that defines our future and what it looks like. And there was an abhorrence for the incident. The challenge with it was this. The incident began to inform a philosophy. And the philosophy was this. All police officers are racist and we should defund them. There was a difference between the incident and the philosophy. I don't agree with the incident, but I, I, I think it was wrong, and I think we should never go to places like that. But it birthed a philosophy that was completely different. And the challenge with the philosophy was that people that embraced the philosophy, cities and towns that embraced the philosophy, found themselves in a place that was very compromised, and they put themselves and their citizens in danger. And now we've had an awakening that suddenly like, hold on, maybe that wasn't the best idea to do. I'm trying to give you an example of how we can have stuff that happens in our life. Things that are not good, things that are not right, things that are hurtful, things that are an injustice, things that we don't always understand. The thing is deal with the situation. Don't let it begin to paint a philosophy for your life. When we allow our environment to, environment to begin to paint a philosophy for our life, it begins to affect the fundamentals of who we are. It becomes dangerous because what ends up happening is we were built with something called beliefs. 
Your beliefs are important because beliefs are the offer us the opportunity to be able to partner with God. And when those beliefs are taken and hijacked by something other than him, what ends up happening is there is a disconnect between where I am and where God is. I find it difficult to partner with him. When God says uh, your beliefs influence the course of your life, what he's talking about is he's not talking about other stuff. That obviously has an effect in it. But understand, every time you read the word of God, he's talking about his relationship with you. That is first and foremost what his consideration is. And so when he says it, it, it influences the course of your life, what he's saying is that is a sacred space that is to be inhabited by me and by you. But what ends up happening is if that's hijacked by something and it moves off in a way that excludes me and who I am, the course of your life and the future of your life will be defined to the exclusion of me. It's not because it's what I want. I'm always looking for opportunity to invite you back and he will never leave you or forsake you but the thing about it is i've let something come into that space that should never be there our beliefs are important to us our beliefs are fundamental the challenge is this come to the the place where we have an appreciation for the fact that you are never going to find truth in your situation that's not where truth lives truth lives in a person called jesus christ Anytime we go into our world to go and try and find truth, we're dangerous because we're going outside of who he is to try and find something which describes him. The thing about it is the way that God wants to operate with us and the invitation that Jesus extends to us is this. I want to be the one who moves into your life and I want to be the one that defines your circumstances that has influence in your circumstances. He wants to be the definer. He doesn't want to be someone who is defined by our reality. What ends up happening all too often is when we allow the situations and the circumstances of our life to define the philosophy of our life, it informs my beliefs about who he is. And very often those beliefs are incongruent with the truth of who he is. And I find myself in a place where I live with something called inhibiting beliefs. Beliefs that limit my ability to move forward with God. I believe something about God which is not truthful about who he is. And so what ends up happening is I establish boundaries and borders to what my life with God is going to look like. And it comes in varying ways and to varying degrees. There's some people who believe in God but they believe that God is up there somewhere. And when I get to heaven, everything will be good and everything will be rosy. But as long as I'm down here, I'm journeying through life alone until I go to heaven. It's a belief. The challenge with it is this, because I have that belief, God is always looking to partner with me. God is wanting to travel through life with me. God is looking to be introduced into our circumstances and situations, but I can't see him in that space, so I preclude him from coming. I can't partner with him in the things that he wants me to do because my boundaries to my life are so inhibiting and so tight that they exclude God in many things. I become a planner in life. I take responsibility for it and I become a control freak because the fact of the matter is God's not out there. And so if I don't take care of the situation, I can't be sure he is. And when I become a person 
where I have areas of my life that are defined by inhibiting beliefs, I position myself under the arches next to the pool. I'm stuck. I'm stuck at the pool. I'm stuck at the pool. I'm sitting at the pool with my issues. I'm sitting at the pool with my problems. I'm sitting at my pool with my challenges. I'm sitting at the pool with everything that's defining that space, and I'm stuck. And when you're stuck at the pool, the worst thing you can do is ask everybody else around you what they think about stuff, because everybody else is stuck as well. The problem with it is we haven't learned from it because what ended up happening is we never went to God to allow him to define who he is and invite me into an understanding and a belief that is, that is based and centered on who he is. I went to my world to discover it. And it moved me to a place outside of who he was. And I find myself in a predicament. But rather than changing the channels, I still want to connect with the people around about me to sit and say, well, what do you think? How, what's happening in your life? What can you tell me? Everybody's living in a, in a place looking for hope without the Savior. The challenge with being in a place like that is we find ourselves stuck in stuff. We're stuck in my thinking. Well, you know, there were so many people and it's, I think it, it really hurts the heart of God because we, God loves us so very much that he wants, what he wants to invite us into is, would overwhelm us. But the thing is, we establish these boundaries in our life. There are so many people when you speak to them and they have challenges in their life and they tell you about what they believe about God, you recognize why they are where they are because there's a boundary that's established. There's an inhibiting belief that came in that says, I don't see God doing this in my life. I don't believe God does that kind of stuff. I don't believe God works like that today. I don't believe that God moves into those spaces. I'm telling you about everything that I think. I'm telling you about everything that I believe. And I'm stuck. And I'm stuck in those places because I, I, I have feelings of fear that I can't get over. And I have feelings of distress and I have feelings of anxiety and I have feelings of depression and I have feelings of hatred and I have feelings, all kinds of stuff that, that's populating that space. And the challenge with it is I'm at a place where I can't get free of those things. And I tell everybody around about me about them and they all talk to me about it, but nobody can save me. Do what you can and hope for the best until the pool starts to move. I find that we're stuck. So this year, I hit my mid-50s. Mid-50s, you got a bit of experience. Experience is called history. History, all of us to varying degrees of God. The thing about history is, our history has defined our beliefs. And our beliefs have shaped our concept of God. And so we move into the space where we have an idea and a concept of who God is. I don't care what your concept or your idea of God is. I can tell you right now, it's limited. The question is this, are you flexible? Are you open to his intervention? Are you prepared to move into a space where if he was to shatter the boundaries of what you believe the full capacity of God was, you're able to embrace that and step beyond your limitations? 
The challenge with that is this. We have to understand that as born-again believers, there is a big shift that took place on the inside of us. And the big shift is this. God walked into your story. The thing about it was the man who was the leper, nothing really happened in his story until Jesus walked in. And Jesus walked past everybody else and walked to him. But when Jesus arrived in his story, all of a sudden there were possibilities that never existed before. There was an invitation to a possibility that he had never considered. The moment you got born again, God walked into your story. But we don't always recognize him there because we're still so busy with our reality. We're still so busy living from our brain. We're so busy living from our environment. We're so busy living from our circumstances. We're so busy living from everything that's happening outside in our world that we never stop to sink down to our heart and sit and say, hold on, walk into my story. Walk into my story because I know you here. The moment you got born again, he moved into that space. And so the invitation, if we truly want to move forward with God, is to make a fundamental shift in the way that we approach the things of God. Stop trying to understand them and move down and engage with him. Engage with him. In Mark chapter 9. Verse 23, Jesus is speaking. And he says, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. If you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. This is such a wonderful verse. And I'll tell you what I love so much about this verse. You know what it's all about? You and God. What he's saying is, imagine the things we can do together. What he's saying is, I'm looking for partnership. I'm bringing the possibilities to the party. If you can bring your beliefs, imagine what we could do together. That's what the verse is all about. It's all about you and him. It's all about the contributions that he has to bring, the possibilities into your circumstance and into your situation. And all he's saying is, can you partner with me in them? The reason that your future is so much more important than your past is because your future offers you the opportunity to explore and discover the possibilities of God. It doesn't matter what happened yesterday. It doesn't matter where you are today. And you can find yourself stuck and lodged under the arches next to the pool. It doesn't matter. It's all about yesterday that got you to where you are. The question is, what do you want to do with the possibilities of God? What do you want to do with the possibilities of God? Hold on, I was going to tell you something about that. <laughs> Let me find my spot. What did I want to tell you? Mm. Mm. Let's go this way. 
God's talking about you and he's talking about him. The thing about it is this. For the things that God wants to do in your life, all he's looking for is for you to be at a place where you are willing to embrace possibilities. That's how wonderful he is. He doesn't need you to do it. He doesn't want you to perform for it. He doesn't want you to earn it. All he wants you to do is be at a place where you're open to the influence of him in, his, in your life and in your situations. You see, the thing about it is that God brings with him possibilities. But he knows the possibilities are of him. And so what he does is he takes of who he is. He takes possibilities and those possibilities he invests in you. And he sits and says, here, I'm going to make a deposit in your life. It's substance of things that you're hoping for. Don't worry that you can't see it. It's not important. The fact of the matter is, I've given something to you. Hold on to it. Value of it is this. When I grab hold of it, and the way that I grab hold of it is through my beliefs. Belief is so important because what belief is going to do is belief cements your expectation to God's possibilities. Belief is of you. Faith is of him. He's going to take of who he is and he's going to impart possibilities to you. And the, the intention behind that is that the possibilities that he puts into your life is going to be, begin to define your beliefs. Don't let other things define it. Go back to him. Get centered. Live from my heart. I live from the place where I'm positioned in him. Why? Because I'm living from a place of possibilities. I'm living from a place that will transform and change my world. That's why we live by faith and not by sight. We live by faith and not by sight. Why? Because I recognize that everything in my world is just a reality. It's subject to change. The thing about it is if I can connect with possibilities, if I can grab hold of possibilities, if I can let God's possibilities come into that space and give definition to who I am and what I believe, I can marry my expectations to his promise. I can marry my expectations to his possibilities. And then I live in a place where I'm looking for those possibilities to come into play. I'm looking for that to happen, to shift and to transform my realities. Why? Because I want to become a person of possibilities. I don't want to be a person of limitations. God wants to change your whole world. And he's going to start by changing you. Here's the fact of the matter is, are you comfortable with being overwhelmed? If you can't be overwhelmed, stop. Because God will overwhelm you. The reason he's going to overwhelm you is this. It doesn't matter where the boundaries of your beliefs are. He's beyond it. And anytime he meets you beyond your belief, the result is being overwhelmed. Anytime I go to a place and I think this is the limitations of where God can be. Anytime I think the only thing I can do is hope that somebody will come and help me and get me into the pool. Anytime I'm in that space. But Jesus walks in and he sits and says, you know what? Rise up, take up your bed and walk. There was something that happened that changed everything. It wasn't what I expected. It wasn't what I anticipated. But it overwhelmed everything because he did something beyond my realm of expectation. Stop inhibiting God in the year ahead. Live in the expectation. He can do it. The problem is not him. The problem is me. 
The problem is not his capacity or his willingness or his love or his grace or his provision or the God of possibilities. The problem is that I've set limitations in my life. This far and no more. Inhibiting beliefs put me at the arches and under the arches at the pool. Don't limit God. He wants to do some fantastic stuff in your life. The thing about it is when God walks into your space, be prepared to move with God. You can reject the invitation. You can reject the invitation. You don't have to take it. But if you want to embrace expansive living, if you want to journey with God and experience him in ways that you've never known before, be prepared to be overwhelmed. It's a value for the year ahead. Value and embrace the idea of being run over by God. I didn't see it coming. (laughs) It was so good. I was believing for this and he gave me that. I wanted to meet him in this place and look what happened. He's the God of possibilities. Stop limiting him. Jeremiah, chapter 29, and verse 11. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. The God of possibilities is committed to you having a future and a hope. The question is this. Are you prepared to let him define it or are you going to define it? You see, if you're going to define it, it's coming with limitations. It's coming with inhibited beliefs. But if we let him define it, then everything starts to change because all of a sudden the boundaries come off and possibilities come into play. It's a problem that we have as people. We have such control issues. You know what? We want to plan our life. I know what it's going to be and I know how it's going to look like. And everybody, and we taught it from an early age. Consider it. Think about it. Plan. What's your two-year plan? What's your midterm plan? Five years. What's your long-term plan? 20 years. Where do you see yourself being? Where do you see yourself going? How do you, what are we doing? We, you know what? We plan for things. We plan in every area of life. Why? Because I don't like risk. I'm trying to avoid risk. I want certainty. If I manage it, I can be certain about stuff. I know what's going to happen because I can control it. I'm all about security. I'm safe in that space. You know why? Because I'm controlling it. I'm holding it. I'm managing it. I'm giving direction. I'm giving impetus. I'm giving vision. It's all about me. But my space is so tiny. And my world is so small. And in a small world and a tiny space, you're still going to have challenges. And the problem with it is the challenges that come into that place are going to require a solution 
It's beyond your boundaries. And when the solution is beyond your boundaries and you can't go there, you're going to find yourself under the arches next to the pool. How long are you going to wait there? He sat there for 38 years. 38 years. There is an opportunity for you this year to shake off the shackles of where you've been. There's an opportunity for you to sit and say, you know what? I may be sitting here at the pool, but I'm looking for him. Where is he? Because he's coming into my space. And when he's coming into my space, he's bringing some possibilities that I can't do. I'm going to move up. I'm getting ready. Get that mat rolled up. He's coming. I'm out of this space. Because he can do some stuff that I can't do. Well, I don't believe that, Pastor. Inhibiting belief. You've just found one. There you go. It jumped up and bit you. You see, we want to live our life by our plan. And there's nothing wrong with being responsible. I understand that. But when your responsibility inhibits God, it becomes a problem. You see, that's why God never sees our life as a plan. God sees our life as a story. You see, when you talk about, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Actually, thoughts is a really bad word. Your Bible may talk about the fact that I know the plan that I have for you. The the translators were trying to get a concept across from the Hebrew, but we don't have a word for it. Actually, the better idea is probably ideas. Because what the original Hebrew actually says is, I want to create something new. I know that there is an idea that I have for you. I know that I want to create something new for you. That's what it really means. I know those things. What's so nice about that is this. God's plan is not stuck in stone. It's not caught in concrete. It's not one plan and it's like, you know what? It is what it is. And if you deviate from the plan, you're off the plan. And you're off control. And you're off in left field. And until you come back and find the plan, sorry for you. It doesn't mean that. Some of us have bought the idea that God's life, God's um, disposition to us is all about a plan and a single Um, solution to things. But that's not what it says. What it says is, God is about creating something new. It's flexible and it's adjustable and it moves and it shifts according to my life. Because what he says is, you know what? I'm not an intransigent God. I'm a God who will do everything in my power to meet you where you are. I'll be a God that comes and does whatever's necessary. And there are going to be times where you're going to make the right call. And I'm so excited about that because possibilities are going to manifest themselves and you're going to step into something new. But there are going to be times where you may not make the right call. And maybe your life is going to go off track and it's going to go down some different avenues. And you know what? There you're going to find me knocking. Just sit and say, don't worry about it. You know what? I've got something new for you. I'll tell you what we can do in the space that you find yourself right now. God is always looking to meet us where we are. He's always meeting, looking to encounter us where we are. He's no matter where you are, no matter what decisions you make, he will never leave you nor forsake you. The thing about it is this, God may not only have one plan for your life, 
But he only has one goal. He only has one purpose. That you discover the fullness of who you are as a result of discovering your life in Christ. He wants you to discover possibilities in him. Because when you discover possibilities in him, it's going to open a new avenue for you to explore a realm to who you were that you didn't even know existed. What he's saying is your future and your identity, the fullness of you, who you are, is locked up in my possibilities. When you get into relationship with me, I'm going to introduce you to possibilities that are going to take you to some places that you never even dreamed of. Some places that will surprise you and places that will overwhelm you. You see, the story with God is never boring. If you're a boring Christian, it's because you're living by a plan and not the story. We don't serve a boring God. We serve a God who is exciting and new and fresh and a God who's introducing us to possibilities that we've never imagined any time. And he's a God who takes delight in overwhelming you. He gets thrilled every time he can move into your space and give you something that you never expected. It's like a father who gives their child a gift. And they open it and their eyes light up and their faces alive. And it's just like, this is exactly what I wanted. That's what it does to his heart when he overwhelms us. He's doing stuff all the time. He may not have one plan, but he only has one purpose that you realize the fullness of who you are as you begin to step into the God of possibilities. What's so wonderful about it is this. Although the goal never shifts, his mercies and his provision are new every morning. Lamentations 3, verse 22 and 23. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is our faithfulness. What he's saying is this. Every day brings with it the possibility of being introduced to me and possibilities that exist beyond what you possibly imagined. It doesn't matter what this morning looked like. It doesn't matter what the day looked like. It doesn't matter how you felt. It doesn't matter where you found yourself. Today brought with it possibilities to meet the God of possibilities. They knew every morning. My encouragement to you this year, I want to end on this because I actually want to pray for people. My encouragement to you is this this year. Understand that you, that you serve a God that you cannot understand. Understand that we have the privilege of moving into a space where we live in relationship with a God of possibilities that is so much bigger than who we are. And he's inviting us into that space. Come, taste and see that the Lord is good.
What he's saying is, everything that I want to draw you into is designed to expand your life. Everything that I draw you into is designed to overwhelm you because it's beyond the limitations of where you are. If you live with a God who's within the boundaries of your beliefs, you live with a small God. Beliefs don't define God. Beliefs define the degree to which I experience him. I have the prerogative of changing the boundary. The invitation is there. We have such a wonderful privilege. Embark on this year with anticipation. Be comfortable with the idea of being surprised. Be responsible, but don't plan God out of your life. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. With all your heart. He's talking about your beliefs. And lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge the God of possibilities. And he will open up paths to you that you least expected. God is alive. God is exciting. God is dynamic. God is big. And God is looking to invade your life. He's not going to leave you where you you are with a little touch of religion. He's not wanting to give you an understanding of who he is. He's wanting to invite you into change, transformation, and into potential. Make the year exciting. Not because of what you do, but because you make yourself available to him. Can we all stand? Just before we close, I want to pray for people. I believe there are people here, and you're stuck under the arches next to the pool. I don't know it's because, if it's because you have beliefs or ideas that are limiting God. It may because, be because you have emotional areas that are challenging you. You may be fearful. You may be anxious. You may be depressed. You may have physical issues. You may have financial issues. If today you're at the place where it's like, Father, I recognize in that area, I'm sitting under the arches next to the pool. I want you to come up. I'm going to pray for you. You have one minute to get up. After that, there's no more. No, because I don't want you to think about it. Do it. Do it or don't do it. Jump in or out. Take your choice. It doesn't matter. It's Open your heart to the God of possibilities and let him move into that space.
Okay. This is what I'm going to tell you. I'm going to pray for all of you, and I'm going to come down there. But the good news is this. I can't do anything. The even better news is this. He's the God of possibilities. Okay? And so he's going to meet you in the space. He's going to walk into the space, and he's going to do some stuff in your life. Okay? I don't know what it is that you're looking for, but here's your solution. I don't know what it is that you need, but he's your savior. Okay? I want you to keep your eyes closed, and I want you to focus on him. And I'm going to come into agreement with you that the need that you have, the God of possibilities is going to come in and meet you at that space. Live in the expectation of being overwhelmed. Not because of anything I can do, or even because of prayer, but because you recognize who he is. He can do stuff for you that is beyond any limits that you could place on it. Let him flood your life. Let him flood your circumstance. Let him do some stuff in that place. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence with us. I pray that the words that were spoken today to be grafted into people's lives. He's a catalyst for change and newness. Reinvention. Possibilities. I thank you, Father, for a week full of you. I thank you for the week full of opportunities to explore the God of possibilities. I pray, Holy Spirit, that as we navigate this week, your place in the forefront of who we are every time we deal with situation, circumstance, challenge, people. The number one priority to seek for, the God of possibilities. We invite you into those spaces and we thank you for reinvention. We thank you for expanding our life with who you are. Thank you for the opportunity to discover parts of ourselves that are hidden in you. We bless you for it now in Jesus' name. Amen.